You could use a buddy. Don't you want a pal? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Girl, the way I see it, your daddy should be leaving and you should stick around and kill him. What? Nothing. So Lydia, don't end yourself. Defend yourself. Daddy is the one you should maim. Together we'll exterminate. Assassinate! No! The finer points can wait, but first you gotta say my name. Go ahead and jump, but that won't stop him. Here you got a solid plan B option. I can bring your daddy so much pain. All you gotta do is say my name. Girl, just say it three times in Welcome a row. Welcome to Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher. I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. This we will be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of the students and companies we have worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name, and if we do, they will be changed. That being said, let's get into today's topic: Beetlejuice. So, Beetlejuice is currently a Broadway show that has recently opened in the last few weeks here in New York City, and it's even nominated for Best New Musical. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually have a close friend that's um, a part of the company management team for it, which hopefully we'll get her on at some point. Um, her life's a little bit less crazy now that um, the show's opened, but we'll see. It may get crazy again if they earn a Tony, not if they earn the Tony. Um, so, we wanted, we thought we'd do a review of... Beetlejuice and talk about its choreography and its effect on the dance world and also just the show in general since music mm-hmm. theater is a major thing that me and Danielle both end up choreographing for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually starting a project very much the same really soon. So, first impressions. Um, so I am going to be completely honest and everyone who knows me knows that um, that I felt this way. I am not a huge fan of movie musicals in the sense that we take movies that are not musicals and then we put music to them and we write a score and we make it into a Broadway show. Rocky! For, yeah. For a while, (laughs) I've been a really big proponent of, like, I need to see original material. It's been so long since there's been original material and especially with, like, The Prom and Hades Town and Be More Chill and there's been a lot of, like, awesome shows opening that are brand new now. Original content, which has been so great. So... I was like Beetlejuice, um, and I love Beetlejuice. It's actually one of my favorite movies. I think it's so fun, so funny. Um, but I didn't really have any interest. And our friend, who's a company manager on Beetlejuice, was like, "Hey, well, I can get you, you know, some comp tickets." And I was like, "All right." And then I also realized um, a girl that I used to work with. She used to be part of the Broadway Youth Ensemble that I choreographed for here in New York City. Is um, is in Beetlejuice as an ensemble yeah. member. Yeah, friend that's dancing in the ensemble. Yeah, too. and she's the understudy for Lydia. So I was like, all right, all right, I'll go see it. Um, wait, was she the set little girl for act that starts act two? No, she was ah, not. I love yeah, that part. yeah. And so she, um, so I went into it with like really no, like nothing, just being like, oh, I'll, you know, it'll be fun, whatever. Um, and I actually loved it. I thought it was so brilliantly well done. I thought that everything that they did really was perfect. They had a lot of, you know, new stuff in it. There was an homage to the movie. Um, But I actually thought it was a super fun and well done show. For me, I had heard um, 
from our friend that worked on the show when it was out of town in D.C. And also for um, myself, I had some friends that saw the show out in D.C. when they were doing their out of town run. And I heard not good things. I heard that it was not good. Everyone was very concerned that it would not, that it was just not do well on Broadway. And then they changed a lot of things when they came to New York. And so I had heard from some people, they said, it's very Disneyified now. Like, it's very toned down. Which, I'm going to be honest, I don't... Not at all. I don't, but. Think, <laughs> I don't think it is, like, I don't know what it looks like in D.C. Exactly. And maybe they did go total Tim Burton crazy dark side. But I feel like it still had enough of that. It 100% still had all that Tim Burton feel and dark side yes. to it. But still was, like funny and i think that i don't know if they tried to make it more serious or something i don't even i don't i honestly I don't, don't know because again i saw no previous thing i saw once right. in previews and then once after opening but even when i saw it but uh during previews th- this was not a disneyified version yeah. like my first impression of it was because again i'm a fan of the beetle you know of the original movie and i'm also very apprehensive when it comes to movie you know musical adaptations and so my concern was that we were just going to get a, another recreation mm-hmm. of another movie. And when that happens, sometimes it just doesn't, tra- it does, a lot of times it doesn't translate well for stage because in musicals, we get more time to explore the background and setting than movies do. You know, movies can show us a few images over the course of 30 seconds to explain a background while in a musical, it's going to be a full song or dance. Right. So I was very, very concerned that we were going to miss things. And then I got in and I had an absolute wonderful time. I don't, I, again, not knowing what it was previously, I don't know where the comment about it being very Disneyified came from. It, no. It's not. There's a drug joke in it, so that definitely ain't Disney. Well, there's a, yeah, uh, there's, a, there's I, I would say, we can get to this in a minute too, but I would say it's it's not necessarily for little kids. I think teenagers and stuff teenagers, would be fun. Teenagers, yes. But generally speaking, there's just stuff that's going to go yeah. over a child's head. But also, Beetlejuice the movie is not for little kids. Children. So no, it's the no, same, no, no, no. same thing. I mean, there was a Beetlejuice cartoon that I watched when I was younger, but it was still very, like, raunchy in and of itself. Like, they, they don't pull any punches, and they don't hurt the story in any way. So I would not gear this towards children um, in the least bit. Like, there's one... <laughs> there is one moment in the show where it's like, you want to see a very sad puppet show, where they do... He, like, at Beetlejuice actually asks if they're a child in the audience. And on the front row, when I saw it, there was, like, one kid that was maybe, like... 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, clearly this is going to be awkward in certain parts. Um, but generally speaking, like I said, I had a wonderful time. Um, it was very enjoyable. I've, honestly, I would go so far to say, and I have not seen a lot of them because most of them just are not appealing or don't get great reviews on from r- critics or from people and friends that go see shows of movie musicals. But I would say this is probably one of the best film to musical adaptations I've seen, especially of a show that is, is not a musical. Yeah. I um I agree. I think that the music that they put to it was extremely well done. They thought about the original score of the of the movie. They thought about the the way that that everything in the movie worked. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they do the Shake Sonora at the very end, just a little bit of it where it's enough that it's like such a great homage to the movie, oh, yeah. but like, then we also move on. Yeah, like um, Shakespeare is like it's infused with um, another number from yeah. the show. Yeah, and I think that so I think that one. And again, I I as well heard that there were a lot of changes from DC, so I'm not sure what happened there. But I think 
they really did think very strategically about planning this musical um, and just making it all actually mesh well together. So another big thing I kind of want to swing into next is the special effects and sight gags. And so it is, if anyone's ever done live theater or done a, a very props or special effects heavy show, they can be a nightmare. Like they can be really like I've been on stage where we use flash paper for a letter to ignite and we set a sofa on fire. Mm-hmm. So um, we also had the fire alarm go off. No, the sofa was on fire. The sofa was on fire. The fire alarm in the building went off, but we didn't, we cut the fire alarms off. We thought the fire marshal had ran on stage. Like it wasn't, this was all in high school too. So like, this was I like insane. And as an adult, we just avoided them. Like there were all kinds of crazy, crazy, crazy things that happen when you have special effects in the show. And this show has a lot of special effects. Yeah. Uh, levitation, uh, fl- like flames and yeah. sparks and all kind like several, uh, you know, like, Heads popping out like they're and all again, kinds of crazy like, things. And again, like so, so extremely well done. Um, yeah, it's just like the the whole the whole production design of this show. I mean, it starts with the second you walk into the theater. You walk into the theater of yeah. this show, and already they have the lights in that blue and that purple. They've got some reds and oranges. It's like I'm going on a carnival ride. Yes. Like they set the tone quite well. Started quite well. They've got they've got the music playing, which is like very reminiscent or probably partly from the original score. Yeah. So you immediately walk in and know what it is. They've got like the Beetlejuice not lit up sign on stage, like from the Underworld mm-hmm. or Netherworld, whatever they call it. Um. They set the tone and the mood extremely well right away. They get you really excited and invested in it. Yes. And um, that just goes to show me that they really actually, you know, I'm going to say it. I feel like a lot of movie adaptations into musicals or musical adaptations, I feel like a lot of people are just like, oh, this was a super popular movie. Like, I bet we could find someone to write some music to it and make it Nine into a to musical. Five. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry, I'm just going like... to keep calling. And again, some of these shows I love, but it's just, it keeps happening where you're right. They just rely on everyone loves that movie. They're going to love the musical, too. And they just don't work as hard. Right. And you I know, just, and or I... in my opinion, they just right. don't work as hard. And I just feel like this was one that um, whether it was something where they had to sit down and really, you know, redo things and fix it and think about or it's just a really smart team. I actually think like they thought from the second you walk in, how are we going to make this? transform you to another world okay how are we going to make the music still sound like the original soundtrack Mm -hmm. but be this like awesome music or even i will say and again this uh costumes and design both earned both earned tony nominations Mm -hmm. but aesthetically i never so the majority of the set is the house and there are there are three different versions of the house where it's, I'm still looking at the same house, but I generally feel like three different couples live in it, and yeah. that's what it's supposed to be. You know, the yeah. Maitlands, uh, Lydia and her family, and then when Beetlejuice takes over. Yeah. And so, like, though there are three, again, same house, but it's very clearly three different designs, and it all works, you the know? The scenic de- design is absolutely incredible. It, mm-hmm. like, tells this, it tells the story so well from like and everyone involved in that from the production design to the scene design to the dressers like the you know the set dressers it is so 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 well um 
well done. And again, it's not taking you away from what that original movie was, but it's only like enhancing those things. Um, yeah. It was really, it was, it's, it's really, they really honestly thought through what a, honestly and truly yeah. like, <laughs> what just, a Broadway show should so, look and feel like. To be. Like, it's not just about like, you know, we'll get to the cast in a minute who was wildly talented, oh, but God. they thought, they thought through everything for this production and they actually thought if we want this to work as a broadway show and have a life on broadway Mm -hmm. it can't just be like oh here's the movie in a theater and like nothing it's cool like and i would even go to like um with the choreography and we're well we can dive into it now um before we get into the cast really like with the choreography it was what well there's one dancer in the ensemble that i'm like they hate him they rip the character gets his arms ripped off, and so mm. he has to finish the entire number with no arms, and he hits like three or four pirouettes throughout the mm. entire dance. And I was like, "No, good for like yes, you can easily do pirouettes with no arms, but like all the whole number, he has no arms, and he's still hitting everything." So I was like, "That's insane." That like shout out to you, good sir. But the just again with the choreography, it was all very smart. Like it was all very playful we, and jokingly yes. like still very difficult that like, like there's still i still got my technique in there for um in particular the actually the act two beetlejuice number where there were there were several different beetlejuices mm-hmm. there was some pretty good technique in there um but then there's also one number where they're all dressed up as giant skeletons that mm-hmm. was just fun and they're like mm-hmm. they're doing like basic like partnering dances and stuff like that or like beetlejuice even has like a simple little lift at one point that yeah. it's just like it was using choreography to continue a story and enjoy ourselves. Like, I never felt like there's this, here's this massive dance break for no reason. You know, or even like there's a tap dance in one of the numbers and it's so short and sweet and to the point, but effective. You know, it was, uh, well, that would be giving so much away. But they just used it, it was very short, but it was just very effective. And I just fully believe that. There, there have been problems with Broadway shows that I've seen where choreographers just go, this is my chance for me to earn my, earn my Tony and yeah. not further the story. I was just going to say, I think, I think again, it plays into how well thought out this entire musical from start to finish was yes. thought through. That it wasn't somebody that was like, cool, I'm going to make this into a dance show and I'm going to do all these crazy things. Because like Tony just said, even when we had like the tap, the tap number at first for a second there i was like oh my god a tap number like come on like this is not a tap show but it's done in a very playful yes funny way that you're like oh my god it's like a joke and it works and it's in there it's a few minutes and then we're done yeah and they don't try to make it into like a tap show they don't try to do like some crazy ballad with like a with a pot of duh in there like there's nothing crazy going on or even i will say like so again i i saw it twice I forgot that there was tap dancing in it. Right. And so when it happened, when I was seeing it the second time, I go, oh, yeah, they tap right here. Oh, this is fun. Right. Because it's literally, literally like, it's one, of, it's one of those moments where they surprise you because you don't, you I don't know if they change shoes mid, when they change shoes into their tap shoes because I don't think they start in their tap shoes. But it just you, comes very yeah. out of the blue, very quick. You laugh, and then they're, like, done. Like, by right. the time you get a good tuck it's over, But I think done. that that is such, like, a... Again, well thought out show and such a smart choreographer. We've talked mm-hmm. about this before. Like, choreography for choreography's sake is Ugh. for when we're talking about musicals. I mean, even straight it's, dance pieces, but mostly musicals. Yeah. It's never like a good thing. And we have both seen shows, Broadway shows. Oh, yeah. With, oh, yeah. With 
choreographers who are trying to make their way and big name Tony winning choreographers who already have Tonys that I just look at this choreography and I'm like, I don't think that this is enhancing the story at all. I don't think that they're using the movement to tell the story through it. I don't see the point in this movement other than to be like, ooh, look what this choreographer did and look at look at this like look at these hard moves or ooh, look at this choreography. Exactly. That just And here is a person, here is a choreographer that was like no, what is going to enhance the story? Okay, the tap thing's going to be a funny thing because it's going to play into X, Y, and Z. Yeah, joke. it was a sight it's gag, gonna play. Yeah, it's going to play into, like, Beetlejuice's character frame. Okay, well, this is going to work for, for this. Like, it was clearly thought out in terms of, like, the choreography is there to enhance and help develop the story. It's not there to just, like, show some dance moves off. Or even there's a couple um, stunts and twists. And, like, actually, my friend, I'm quite... Quite surprised that my friend did not have the stunts track in the ensemble because he did when in Newsies he had the stunt track and maybe he's just like, my body can't do that. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I haven't asked him about it. But the stunts, uh, the guy that in the, in the ensemble that has the stunts track, like, again, same thing, smart, useful. They were only used in a playful, you know, in the number where it was playful. You know, they weren't, they didn't kill their girls having them in the insanely high heels. Like, it no. was just all very... Smart. And again, as a dancer, I appreciate it. As an audience member, thank you for not taking me completely out of the world. Yes, and that's the other you thing, know? too, is, like, I think why I actually ended up enjoying Beetlejuice so much is I felt completely, fully invested and immersed in it the whole time. I didn't feel like anything was a moment of, like, especially being a dance teacher and choreographer, like, ooh, like, that's that's weird. Like, why did we make this choice Right, here? and like, stuff like that pulls me out of it show very quickly. Yes, and so I think that I, and a lot of, too, is it, like, it's not a choreographer heavy show or a dance heavy show it doesn't need to you be. know but it doesn't it doesn't need to be and i think that is so smart and like there are songs where there's clearly just like walking patterns and movements and like because it was a person it was a team a director choreographer team who realized there does not need to be a pirouette here there is no exactly. point um and so i want to i think there's one in the entire like one no there's I think there are two pure, like two sets of pirouettes in the entire show. Honestly, yeah, and it's fine. And I so I want to, I do want to shout out the choreographer's name because, at least for, to my knowledge, from what I'm I'm seeing, he is a new to Broadway choreographer. His name is um, Connor Gallagher. So just like a shout out to him um, because, mm-hmm. again, I think that right now too on Broadway or not no not specifically right now, but. In the recent past, there's been a lot of shows that are doing choreography for choreographer's sake or choreographers who just want their names are attached to it and therefore they mm-hmm. make it about that. Yep. So to and have have someone come in and be like, you know, it's not a, it's not about that. It's about like the story and the show as a whole is Or new choreographers. Really great. I will take that route. Like I yeah. especially in the last couple of years, we got very saturated with seeing the same choreography, same choreographers over and over again. Yeah, they were on like who, three different shows at once. So right. Like, who are not always I mean, don't get me wrong. Susan Stroman will always be a favorite and her choreography is beautiful. And again, you give me anything Michael, I mean, granted Michael Bennett has since passed, but you give me anything Michael Bennett, I'm going to be in love with it. But it's also, it can't always be the same six choreographers doing Broadway shows or we get nothing different. Right. I was just going to say that. We notice, we notice as artists, we notice in ourselves when we don't take time to creatively 
rest and work <laughs> yeah. on ourselves and work on projects for ourselves, you're banging out the same stuff where you're like, wow, like, why does that all look the same? And of course, people who work on Broadway have more of a range that they can do different stuff with. But if you are a dance teacher, choreographer, you know, like, you, you know get it. to that slump with recital dances that you're like, wow, the same four moves are in like every single I'm dance doing. because I don't know what else to do because I haven't been able to like take mm. some creative breaths for myself. So yeah, and it, it happens with bro- it happens with Broadway shows too, where all the time these projects like because the thing with it, some a lot of times it's not always new choreography or certain pieces of choreography will have been set years ago, and so they're just continuing it. Yes. So there like there are all kinds of things and moments like that where where you can kind of get in a rut. And I've se- again I've seen Broadway musicals do it where it's just like. I've seen this type of style from them before. Like, they're not pushing themselves. Right. You know, so and I just... And it's like, to, so to have some fresh faces, some new choreography, and mm-hmm. smart choreography is just... Um, it is. It is. It's appreciated. It's really nice. Let's talk about this cast. Oh, this cast is um, stacked. So, for ensemble... I love them all. I, there was no one in the ensemble that no. I go, they just threw that person I think that it was. I think that they use the ensemble very smartly. It's a relatively small ensemble. Yes. But they're able to use them in a lot of really fun um, fun chorus numbers, which I think like they're, they still get an ample amount of time on stage. And, yes, but I would say they didn't, like, so there is, a, like I said, the ensemble is there, but they're not overused. Like, no. sometimes that does happen in musicals where they're like, throw the ensemble on again. Like, yeah, there are a couple of times where the ensemble's kind of like back-to-back on stage, but generally speaking, the ensemble had like enough time. To, they, if they were not needed on stage, they were not on stage. Right, again. And that's what I appreciate. Again, super smart choices. There is not a ne- necessity for them to be on stage, so they didn't need to be. But I think all the ensemble numbers were great, and I felt like the ensemble had a lot, a lot of energy, and I've... Oh, yeah. I've said this before on podcasts, and I've said it to people I've gone to shows with and <laughs> yep. and and stuff that there. Sometimes I'll see... A bad ensemble will yeah, ruin the show. Sometimes I'll see Broadway shows, and I'll be like, that ensemble had no energy. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know, you know? Like, it really, like, it really was... A, like, the last time I saw La Miz on Broadway, when it was revived last time after the movie came out, my friend and I went, and we both love La Miz so much. And we got we got two for one tickets, and we sat in the orchestra. We were so hyped, and the, part of it was like I just think it was a bad production. The ensemble was a tiny, which doesn't work for Liz. Nope. But also, the ensemble like had no energy, and we literally mm. looked at each other like, "This is La Miz. Like, what are you doing?" Well, that's why that most recent revival is yeah. still running. Yeah, I'm just. But saying. like the <laughs> but. Point, like the point being, so it was really nice that this audience was like so hyped. I mean, the audience, the chorus was like so hyped when they were yeah. on stage. Um, supporting characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a there's three character actors that play numerous roles throughout the show, but get featured moments, and all of them were great. Like I said, they were they got moments to stand out. They were actually the three that got to tap dance, um, but they all had moments where they kind of stood out. And again, all character actors perfect, very well done. They did their thing. They went about yeah. their way. The principals. Perfectly cast. Oh, it was amazing. Amazing. Um, Amazingly stacked cast. Um, This is also clearly... I will also say, I'm not sure about the guy make the Mr. Makelin mm-hmm. but the female like I said the two two of the female leads Carrie Butler and um what? Leslie. Leslie Kritzer 
numerous Tony Awards underneath their belts have been in the business for like Carrie Butler was a part of the she was the original um uh not Amber L nope hairspray oh Penny no yes she, she Penny yes she was Carrie Butler was the original Penny in hairspray mm. in several two thousands ago yeah so girl still got a voice Leslie Kritzer mm-hmm. has been in oh god what was a like a ton of stuff but again just. Their principles are, are all it Broadway. Was, so Alex Brightman, who played Beetlejuice, just closed School of Rock yeah. a year ago, it maybe. It was perfectly cast, and it was very clear that this cast had so much and is having so much fun with these roles. And I also think, like, mm-hmm. part of it, too, is, like, here you go, where besides the girl that plays Lydia... You know, everyone's a, a little bit, not old, but a little bit older. You know, they're in their thirties, Right, in the 30s, in 30s, veterans 40s. to the game. They're you veterans know, to like, the game, but, like, these are people who grew up with Beetlejuice, too. Yes. And I just think that they're yes. having a blast being like, wow, this is actually a good show. And it's, like, a blast from our past and so fun. And I will say that I've definitely been that, I won't call out any names of shows, I've been that performer where I've been in a show where I was like, oh, this is garbage. Yeah. I'm in a garbage show. Oh no, what do I do? I gotta finish this contract. And so you put on your face and you get through it as best you can, but like, and I know this can sound very heartbreaking to those, you know, love, lost, lorn people out there that's like, every show is phenomenal. I wish it could be, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Every show I've worked on is not a dream. No. Some of them are just straight We've up nightmares. We've talked about this before, <laughs> choreography-wise and performance-wise. Oh, We've yeah. both done shows that have it's literally, just we've just had to make it through to the end. Yep. But, but when it, you get when you get a cast that likes each other, mm-hmm. when you get material that's working and things are right, when, again, when you have all the right things going for you, that's when like honestly magic happens, and it is. And it I would is call clear, Juice that it's a little bit of yeah, magic of just everything working. It right. is clear that um, that this cast has fun with each other. Yes, because it's I believe very clear. I believe that every relationship, the ones yeah. dating versus the parent relationships, like I, there wasn't again. There was and this to me is the signs of a good show and a good cast and good direction. There was never a moment where I wanted to check my phone. I wanted to check my watch. Where I, I, there was never a moment where I wanted to pull away from what was no. happening on stage. No, not at all. And that to me is a sign of a good Broadway yeah. show I, or a good show. Period. Be it Broadway or not. I think that these actors. Especially, honestly, all of all of the leads, not especially all of the leads. Um, I think that they have clearly did their research, went and watched the movie, mm-hmm. thought about who these characters were, sat down, looked at the script. Like they bring a lot of the original character traits from the movie into their characters, but enhance it. Where you, um, I don't miss anyone. Like like Alex Brightman. Whatever he has done vocally for this vocal work is insane. He literally he sounds like um, Michael Keaton in the movie who yeah. played Beetlejuice. Like he literally, like you know, Beetlejuice. Michael Keaton had such a specific voice for Beetlejuice. Yeah, and. Alex Brightman brings that to the table where I'm not, I'm not like, oh, this is not the Beetlejuice I love. I'm like, wow, this is the Beetlejuice I love and he can sing. That's amazing. I actually watched an interview where he talked about, where they asked him, that was like, so how do you, how do you have that voice? Like do that voice eight times a week? And he was just like, oh no, this is training. This is pure, I'm a music theater actor. Like he's like, so I can do it all the time. It's like, it doesn't bother my voice at all. Even so my, um, 
my boyfriend came with me to see the show, and it was his first Broadway show ever. Oh my god, I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> it was his first Broadway show ever. Good Broadway he, show to be your first. Yeah, he, his expectations are going to be so high now. I know. Dang it. Truly though, <laughs> he had a blast. He literally texted me the next day, and he was like, he was like, that was so much fun. Can we go see another show like next week? And I was like. First of all, calm down. Shows are expensive. These <laughs> yes. tickets were free. Um, I was like, I don't know that many people. Um, but also, I was like, yes. I was like, he was like, that was really great. Like, he literally, during intermission, was like, oh, my God, the guy that plays Beetlejuice is insane. He is. And it I was, was like, yeah. so well done. It was so well done. And then um, Sophia Ann Caruso, Caruso who we will really get into in a second, is this 17-year-old girl. I think she's, like, about to be 18 who plays Lydia, and oh my god, does she bring you like Wyona Ryder vibes so hard? But then has really? this for me, she didn't give me those Wyona vibes. I just, I just felt I was like, you are that angsty kid that I teach class See, to. I and got, I got, it. I got like she. I feel like she really brought her own angsty kid into it, mm-hmm. but she gave me those original Wyona Ryder vibes. True, and true, true, her true. Voice is she's got a very Phenomenal. interesting cadence in her voice, and it's. Phenomenal, and for this character, that vocal range, and, and again, the training she's done is perfect. It's so perfectly Lydia. Uh, but yeah, let's take a second and talk about the vocals while we're here. Mm-hmm. They sing from top to bottom. Yes. Like, lit, lit, uh, every female principal I know hits at least an A, possibly a high C. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Lydia... No, I don't think Lydia does. I think hers ended on A. G's are A's. But I'm pretty sure Leslie Kritzer and Carrie Butler both hit a high at high C at some point. Which, again, go to a piano and you'll figure out high C ain't something everybody wants to hit eight times a week. Yeah. Just throwing out. The, there. It was, but it yeah, was flawlessly were, done. But, like, they, they sing from the top of the range to the bottom of the range. Yeah. Like, this is very well. And, it's, and it really is, like, it's really incredible because... It's incredible to watch someone who doesn't necessarily know musical theater or music. Mm-hmm. You know, my um, my boyfriend does know music, so he understands a little bit more like, wow, that is no easy feat. But it is like, you can still really see it and be like, that cast is insanely talented. But if you know musical theater and you know music and you're wow, like I remember at one point I did take a step back watching the show and I was like, the fact that Alex Brightman hasn't gotten tired vocally in yeah. this one show is is amazing. I thought the way with Lydia. Yeah. She has some power ballads. Yeah. And I was and like, How, girl, you are hit, going strong and not tired at all. Every single one of those. And their energy from top to bottom of the show, especially with these vocals, was so commendable. Yes. So, so, and so And it's one of those things of, they're... Lydia and Beetlejuice are practically on stage the entire show. Oh, yeah. There may be, like, I think they both get, like, one scene a piece that they're not in, but that scene ain't but, like, five minutes. Like, they mm-hmm. are practically on stage the entire time. So I have to give them, like, I just commend them it's a, yeah. for that altogether. Yeah. So our final wrap-up for Beetlejuice, I would say, I would not necessarily recommend for younger audiences. I think, yeah. I, I I don't think it like it's terrible, but it would definitely leave them with a lot of questions that you would have to awkwardly and, explain well, later. It's just like you know if but, you if you know the movie, it's the same thing. Yes. Would you show the movie to a ten year old? Probably mm. not. You know, I'm trying to think of the first time I saw the movie. I might have been like maybe I was definitely a teenager. Maybe I was like eleven Solid or twelve. Like I remember watching it when it was like on TV, but a lot of it went over my head. Yeah. So like it's a fun show. Um. I think you 
you know, there's a couple of curse words here and there, and there's a couple of, like, sexual jokes and stuff. But, again, that that would be stuff that would go over kids' heads, I yeah. think. Um, so I think if you have, like, an 11, 12-year-old, 13-year-old, you could take them. But it's, like, you know, just... If you you've know, ever if you've ever seen the movie, you know if you want to take yeah, them or not. Base, it's the base, same. Base it's it off same. the movie. Yeah, base it off. Uh, there are several. We didn't spoil them, but there are several throwbacks that instantly. Again, when I saw it the first time, I go, I shrieked in laughter because it was oh, straight from the movie. So it's so. There good. are two it's really so big funny. callbacks to the movie. It's so that great. You will absolutely yeah. love, and they adapt well. Um, so I think if you're a fan of the movie, absolutely go see it. If you are a fan of Tim Burton, absolutely go oh, see it. If you are a fan of just musical comedies, like it's taking great, Beetlejuice out of it, it's just a great comedy. musical comedy. It really is a really well done musical comedy. Um, so yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely recommend people go see it. Yeah, um, yeah, I would too. I think that if just like I did taking Alex, um, if you know someone who's never seen a Broadway show before, I think this is an absolutely great first Broadway show, for, especially for like older teenagers and adults. Oh, yeah. Um, it's Drag your boyfriend, yeah, your husband, so, they'll love it. It's so, so, so fun. Um, I do. I would, I would, and this is coming from someone who literally was like, eh, I don't need to see it. I'm fine. And I am so glad that my friend was, that our friend was like, no, mm-hmm. like here are some comp tickets because I like, I want to go back it's and see it again. Totally worth it. Like it's actually a really, really fun show I, and I hope it has a good, decent life on Broadway. Oh God, me too. I do. I like, I laugh just as hard the second time. Oh uh, yeah, it was great. So moving on to our next session, which we've only done a couple times, but I do want to keep it going because I do think these questions are fun to entertain. But this week is, can a theme be overdone and need to be put on a shelf? So competition season has wrapped up not too long ago. We're kind of in recital season right now as me and Danielle are struggling not to kill our coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, me today. <laughs> yeah, me I literally texted Tony at AAM and I was like, everyone needs to die right now. Yeah. <laughs> so recital season's always so fun for us. Um, and we'll have some throwbacks to those coming back, our yearly wrap-ups coming up for recital season soon. But one of the questions posted to the Dance Teacher Forum was asked, um, this was a hip-hop piece for competition, and the group of dancers came on stage, and they were, again, young kids. This is probably our junior, not our minis, but junior, so think, uh, I would say 13 to 10, around that age group, around in there. And they walked on stage, and they were dressed in orange jumpsuits, and it was a prison number, a jail or jail or a prison number, and it was uh, the style was hip-hop. And so this kind of brought about a lot of argument because some people are saying the theme's overdone. Mm -hmm. Then you have other people saying, well, they just did it because it's a hip-hop piece. And then a hip-hop choreographer stepped in who, again, said it wonderfully. There's like, when you're trying to make a political statement or a social commentary with children, you have to be very careful, which I completely Mm -hmm. agree. And and she was like, I don't think, she's like, honestly, out of teaching dance for 30 plus years, I've not seen a single jail or prison piece that actually made social commentary. They just did it so they could say that it's hard hitting because it's hip hop. Mm -hmm. So, and then she was like, so I just think we need to retire the jail theme. I don't think it says anything new in particular with young audiences, with young performers. So that's that's the question for the week. Um, yeah, I think that it, it depends. I you know if we're talking in terms of just the prison theme, I do think it's overdone and I don't think it's done for the right reason. Yeah. Nor do I think that kids need to be dancing about being in prison. I think it sets a weird tone. Um, I'm not really sure where that came from. Or why? Oh, we but it, I've seen it. I, yeah, I've seen it before. So this. Oh no, a, I've seen it before. I just don't really but, know why it's a thing. Ah, uh, true. Um, <laughs> true. 
I think it's hard, you know, because, like, I I know, like, I, so last year, my spring show theme was Disney, and then I know this year, like, there's a couple other teachers within my school network that are doing Disney shows, and it's like, you know, you could sit there and be like, oh, more Disney shows, like, everyone does Disney, but I think the way you, I think it's twofold. I think that there are themes that are, that are overdone, and I think yes. it's the way you approach the theme. So... You know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but, like, when I did Disney, I thought about how can it be not just dancing to Disney songs. And I had this whole idea of, like, they're reading these old Disney books, and then it comes to life. And I thought of this whole thing. And there are other teachers, like, there's another teacher who's like, oh, I'm doing Disney, but I'm only doing Disney villains. And I'm like, that's something different, you know? So I think that you can... If it's a theme that you know is, like, very popular or done before, you need to really think about, like, what can you do to make it different? But then I do think that that sometimes that there are themes that are just kind of like overdone and just like need a little break for for a while. You know, if everyone's doing, if everyone's doing, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think. If everyone's doing like dancing through the decades, maybe you're like, I don't do dancing through the decades. You know what I mean? Right. Like maybe and you're well, like, not not this year. And I definitely agree with that. Well, because I think sir, I think there are certain themes that, like, and I go through this all the time when I do teach beginners that, like, I want to skip this thing because I'm tired of doing it a billion times. Yeah. But yeah. you need to learn it because you need that, you need it in your repertoire. Oh, absolutely. You know, so, like, there are certain music theater songs or certain dance themes or songs or stuff that you, you should cover. Disney is one of them. I do feel like a child should have at least one Disney concert in their and life. And they're so fun and the kids love them. But, and right, and the parents love them too. Oh, yeah. But I definitely think it has to be, like you said, a specific theme. And there's always new Disney shows coming out every mm-hmm. couple of months. Mm-hmm. So I think you can have a variety with them, you know. But, or like there's there's always like a prince and princess theme or there's like a knight's Soldier scene that's done. But I I think you're right. I do think that if you are going to choose to redo a theme, or particularly a theme that is overdone a lot, have a different approach or into it. And that to me, I do think that hip hop gets portrayed as hard hitting and gritty and grimy, which is not not always true. And also, (laughs) I think, I mean, using a prison thing just sets the wrong tone. Not what hip hop, not what any form of hip hop, West Coast, any hook coast. And then if you get in the subdivisions of those, none of those were created for that or with that in mind. No. Um, So I, one, it makes me go, dance history is important. Yeah. I know we never have enough time dance teachers, but you need to teach, throw up a PowerPoint, spend five minutes, something. But, you know, give them bullet points. But I just feel like you can't ignore yeah. your history because you get you get pieces like this. And studios, I say the same thing. You're still responsible for their education. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that it becomes very misleading. And as some, like, as an African-American male in this current society, prison is not something we should be... <laughs> idolizing yeah, to I our just, children it just makes me very uncomfortable why yeah no i don't i don't i, don't, I mean or tony, even like jailhouse rock yeah. i'm still like mm, tony that's... and i have tony and i have also done an episode before on this and we'll probably talk about it again soon that there are just certain like themes and pieces that are not appropriate for kids or kids at certain ages yeah. um and we shouldn't there try is. to i want to do an episode of like what's right for 18 year olds yeah. i do want to do an episode about that that's an interesting thing too uh, um, but I think that, um, yeah, I think that if it's a theme that's done a lot, you need to really think about how can you take a different approach to it. 
Or just think outside of the box. You know, every, Mm -hmm. like, I really do try to think. There are plenty of themes I've done for my dance shows that are, like, other people have done. Oh, yeah. Plenty. So I'm not saying that at all. But I do try to think of, like, okay, well, what haven't, what have I not seen in a while? Or what's something what's something that I I you don't see a lot and that I could I could do that that would be fun. Or do I have a new way of doing or like with me because like I and I'm really excited, it's actually about time for me to recreate it. I love doing glow in the dark pieces. Mm, like pieces that's like where dark, yeah. predominantly dark pieces. It takes a lot of trust to have to, to tell parents you're not gonna be able to see your child, but you'll know what they look like when they glow. Yeah. So it's always very hard to do because parents are always like wanna hold up video cameras with flashing lights. And it's like that doesn't work, you're gonna ruin the whole thing. You're right. not gonna see your child. Right. But the kids love it. You know, they get to wear glow oh, in the dark. Yeah. Stuff. So but it's one of those things of like literally the first time I did it, it was like a futuristic techno party. And then the second time I did it, it was, um, oh, what did I use? It was like, it was like Fireflies. I, I think I used to sell Fireflies too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by Metro Station. Um, so like they, I, they were like little fireflies glowing in the dark. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things of like, roughly speaking, they were just, these are glow in the dark dances. The theme I tweaked and accommodated to fit something. I just didn't want to feel like I was doing the same thing before or doing a complete recreation, which, you know, sometimes I have, but it's not always easy to do recreations with the younger audiences. So I just think you, one, some things can get retired and you need to. You just need to hang certain themes up for a while or be like, I don't do that anymore. Or I've done it a billion times. If someone else wants to do it, great, but count me out. Yeah. Or... Um, I kind of feel that way with Christmas shows. I don't like doing Christmas shows. I'll do a winter yeah. show, but I don't. Like I doing did Christmas my first shows. my first dance show ever. I did I did the whole like holidays around the world thing, which my idea was to literally have each class do like different ideas of what holidays were around the world. And I just realized I was like, it's really hard to do that with younger kids and have nope. them understand like um, culturally the context of it all. Nope. And it ends up being more of like a Christmas show and. Yeah, it's not, it's not super great. And there are a lot of things, like, I think, like, the general theme of futuristic, I think you can go so many ways with that. You know what I mean? And um, so I think there's a lot of general themes you see a lot, but, again, it's the way that you can choose to, like, tweak it and um, how to go about it and, and stuff like that. But. Yeah, I definitely. And then the last thing I will say when it comes to that is when it comes to your themes and you're picking out your themes and of that such and even costumes, you have to know when the theme is bigger. And we talked about this a little bit when we talked about censorship with music and things like that. Mm-hmm. You got to know when to just let it go. Like, I'm just that person. I feel the same kind of way when, when themes when it comes to like, you know, using R. Kelly's music or Michael Jackson music or anyone else's yeah. like that person's controversial. Like, great, not using them for a year. You know, like just Yeah, just like put them on, so put them much. on the shelf. Like put them on the, I There's so much you don't have to do. And I feel that put way them with on themes. The shelf for a year. I don't need to do prison themes. There are so many other things mm-hmm. that can be used and tweaked and done like that, like that you just don't have to Yeah. You just don't have to. Like, yeah. there's so many other options. No. Yeah, it's, um, there's a lot out there. And it's just, sometimes it just takes, like, a lot of it for me, too, is, like, I need to get inspired yes. by I mean, by yes. other people. And then I'm like, ooh, that's really cool. Or I'm going to do something based off of this. Or that makes me think of this. And then, too, like, things like Pinterest. Like, Pinterest alone. So I'll just, like, roam Pinterest and oh, be like, yeah. ooh, you oh, know? Yeah. But I think, like, trying to do something a little different and out of the box and 
trying to or take a general theme and really make it your own and what does that mean for you is better than doing something over and over and especially something where like you might be like is this controversial then like yeah don't do it yep well that's it for us the curtain has closed on this episode but we hope that you that you will join us next week and every week after that we want to say a special thank you to our listeners our numbers keep growing and that's all thanks to you episodes come out every Tuesday you can find us on iTunes Podbean Spotify iHeartRadio and Google Play Music don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Um, Google Google Play Music and iTunes are perfect places to do that. You can find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Point PYT. You can email us at PYTNYC29 at gmail.com. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher. Make a